0: could be the third week on this I don't know I lose count after two I was going to take some verses from Joshua chapter 3 but when I was praying about this I felt like God wanted me to camp out with Joshua chapter 3 I felt like he wanted me to let the word speak for the word and I needed to encourage you for the fact that we know sitting in this place that God has plans We know sitting in this place that God's leading us. We know when we're together here that we're not alone. Then there are times that you can leave this type of setting. You can leave when the worship music, when you don't have talented singers singing Raise a Hallelujah in front of you, and you start to question the plan. You start to look at circumstance, and you seem to get overwhelmed at times. See, there's times that we begin to let those questions get in because the situation that we're looking right at can seem so huge. And so I wanted to read some verses as I went along from Joshua chapter 3. From verses 1 and 2, it talks about Joshua. It says, he rose early in the morning. He set out from Acacia Grove. He went to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel, they lodged there before they crossed over. And so it was after three days that the officers went into the camp. Now, remember from chapter 1, when Joshua was first appointed, God said, I'm going to use you to lead these people over this Jordan. This Jordan. And I love that wording. See, it's easy to speak about Jordans when you're not right in front of the Jordan right? You ever notice that? Like, we will pray big prayers, but then sometimes when we start thinking about the impact that that may have, like how I told you when I was younger, and, you know, we'd be praying about fruits of the Spirit, and you'd get to patience, and people are like, don't pray for patience. Like, okay. (laughs) But we get to a place, and the Jordan is there. See, we get into this spiritual trap, almost, that we have to set the stage for how God's going to move, You ever do that? I do that. Like, in this season, it has to look a certain way to fall in what I feel like is going to be God's will. But even by the biblical definition of what faith is, from Hebrews, that is why it is important in the middle of a storm to begin to sing loud. Because, see, the storm's going on, but the things that you're declaring are going to be the things that are going to be heard. That's what we need to do. It's one thing to be willing to be led through something. It's something else if you think of the children of Israel when they're right before this Jordan River, and you know in the natural, in your mind, you begin to play out every scenario, every single scenario. They were lodged there, almost stuck there, some people may think. But I want to tell you this. The things that are lying before you are not meant to terrorize you. What they're meant to do is they're meant for you to take in the view. God wants you to take in the view for a moment because every after needs a before. See, in the natural, after you run every play, you're going to come down to one of two ends. You're either going to be scared and in fear or you're going to go to a place of faith. Those are the only two possible outcomes. You've heard it said a thousand times in church. Well, let's make it a thousand and one. Faith begins where your plans end. See, there's a lot of human unknowns before you, whatever you're looking at. But God knows it all. See, it was one thing here in chapter two. In the previous chapter, they sent two spies over that Jordan and they came back over that Jordan. But imagine for a moment, this is not about two people anymore. This is about millions of people. It's about their children, their prized possessions. It's about all of these things. How is God going to pull this one off? Have you ever done this? Have you ever thought about the promises of God and almost like those DVDs, how they have the commentary director's cut, that you start giving commentary to kind of rationalize not taking a step of faith. Coming to a certain spot, all of us will ask, how, God? How are you going to do this? I've been there. If you're there today, understand that sometimes when people speak of the promised land, it can almost make you angry because when inside, you're feeling turmoil. Have you ever been there? In verses 3 through 5, it talks about the ark of God, the ark of the covenant leading the way. See, the holy things need to lead the way for the places that God's taking us. Worship needs to lead the way. As we stood Friday morning in Rainbow Babies and Children's Hospital, and we were in a prayer circle. I was with the family. There was not a dry eye in the circle. See, because it was a moment where the miraculous needed to happen. There was no choice. The miraculous needed to happen in that. And as we prayed, we just began to praise. And there's something about praising when tears are running out of your eyes. There's something about praising when your heart's broken. But there's a strength in that praise when you look beside you and the people beside you are in the same exact frame of mind. That is why when you come into this house, when it's a worship time, the difference between feeling comfortable and putting it all out there for God, somebody's watching you. Somebody's looking beside them to think, well, you know what? I just need to feel like I'm with other people who are praising. And if they look beside of them and nothing's going on, you know what? That's not a good look. Get in. Get in. The holy things are going to lead the way. What do I mean by that? I mean start speaking life to those things which do not exist. Let me be very, very specific in that. The other day, Rachel, you posted something and it hit me. And I'm going to read that. Is that okay? It was on a public page, but you know, I want to <laughs> ask permission. I'm continually speaking out the picture in my mind today. Audrey has the most beautiful coloring colouring, ivory and pink. Her eyes and her smile are brilliantly shining. She's standing so confidently on a stage sharing her testimony and her intimate understanding of God. Her testimony is being taught school, in workplaces, even in the media. Can you see it? Can you picture it? See, keep your eyes locked on it as you pray and give our Father thanks for what he has done. We need to begin to look at situations with this audacity of faith where we're calling things out that other people are going to look at you and be like, have you lost it? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. And I'm going to add some on to that. See, when it comes to these verses here, speak life to future. Speak life to future. It says they commanded the people and they said, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites who are bearing it, you're going to set out from the place you are and go after it. There's going to be a space between you and it of about 2,000 cubits. That's 1,000 yards between you and it. Don't come near it that you may know the way which you should go. For you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord's going to do wonders among you. See, when God put the plan in motion, he did not send the Corps of Engineers before the camp. He sent the worship. He sent the thing that he knew. This is a spiritual problem. It's not a physical problem. It's a spiritual problem, and we're going to send the spiritual before. Keep God's presence in front of you. Never get ahead of it. Never dismiss it. Keep it in front of you. He required that they kept a 1,000 yards between that ark and them on their journey. Now, why was that? The first reason was because he wanted them to respect the things that were holy. The second was because he wanted to make sure that everyone had a clear view of what he was about to do. See, understand that the distance that you are feeling from God right now, you're not alone. You're not being punished. He hasn't cast you away. The fight is taking place up there. The spiritual battle in things that aren't yours to fight, that's why he's up there. It's not because you're back here because, no, you stay back here. No, it's let me go ahead and fight the fight. See, the way that they were going to go, they would know by looking at that ark. As Israel looked at these guys going forward, they would understand God's presence has got this. Begin to follow God's preference. Begin to go after the things of God because, see, when it talked about holiness here, We come to a point often in church, in belief, where we tend to choose the common over the holy. We choose to prefer it because it's easier. But God's saying, put down the common things. Put it down. No need to argue about it. This is what I have for you. That is not what I have for you. Pick up my things. I want you to begin to walk where I'm moving. Don't look away. And then they are told to sanctify themselves. That is going to be the point when you give your heart to Jesus Christ until the point that I stand before him. Most of my life is going to be spent sanctifying. What sanctify means, again, what I just said, the God choice and the common. The God choice and the common. God, refine me. God, take me to the places you want me to be. And I love how it says, God is going to do wonders among you. Now, for all of us sitting here, for those of you who have been in church for a while, that have seen miracles, maybe God's wanting you to be like this picture, like this little kid. You know, you get this little kid, and you're like, you take their nose, and you're like, got your nose. And the little kid's like, whoa. That's the spiritual look he wants you to have on your face. He's going to do wonders. He's going to blow your mind. He's going to take your spiritual posture to be one of praise and mouth open. And so Joshua, he says to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross before the people. So do you know what they did? They took up the Ark of the Covenant. What I love about that is they raise it. And they start walking. Now can you imagine being those priests in that moment? It all goes from a plan to an action. Every move was preceded by being in the word. Because remember, in the first chapter, when God told Joshua, meditate on my word, always have it before you, operate in my word. So I can only assume that Joshua just got out of the word and then he goes to these priests and see when we're reading the Bible, it's awesome to read and remember what God has done and it's also important to prepare for greater and so he knows it's on. Confidence in God's plan means picking up the praise, even when the Jordan is before you. So you can imagine this nasty, muddy, raging river going on. God's encouragement to Joshua, he said, This day I'm going to exalt you in the sight of all Israel so that, I, so that they may know as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You will command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, when you come to the edge of the water of Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. Show that picture of the Jordan, Kim. Go stand in that. Take the most sacred thing that we have in Israel and go stand in that. Well, how long? Well, how deep? Go stand in it. Today, the challenge before so many of you is this. Stop asking God all the questions and just go where he's telling you to go. See, after Joshua tells them that, understand that there are two sides to the river. And God's saying to you, you spend enough time on this side. You spend enough time here. It's time to go over. And you're looking at that, and you're hearing that. See, after Joshua obeyed and spent time with God, he had a confidence. And that's why it's important that you're in your word. That's why it's important when we were doing the 21, why we're on the same page. Was it you that I was speaking to the one day? Someone was telling me, they said, when I was praying, I just started crying, because it just hit me thinking so many other people are reading this same thing and praying the same way right now and seeking God. There is a synergy. See, God wants you to know that he is for you. God wants you to know that just like he went before and just like he's poured out before, that you're going to be witness to things that you won't be able to explain. As Dina mentioned before, when a doctor, this guy who has been in school for most of his life, comes out and he says, quote, she's surprising us right now. I just want to scream. Like, is she surprising you? Because she's not surprising God. Oh, but I loved it. When you've come to the edge of the water, you're going to stand in the Jordan. <laughs> this isn't God coming up and being like, hey there, little guy. I want you to go up there and dip your toes in a smidge. Why don't you to just go up there, check the water out? No. He's saying, go stand, because God specializes in high water situations in both rivers and seas. By this, you're going to know that the living God is among you, he said. And then he begins to detail the enemies on the other side of the Jordan that he's going to go and, quote, without fail, drive out from before you. See, what's about to happen here, your view, your view of God, it's going to shift, this shift of an idea where I think I know where my theology is, but God just turned it on its head. He's going to make my faith alive. Just as he's a living God, he wants me to praise him in a living way. He doesn't want me just to sit and take it in. He wants me to be an active participant in what's going on. He wants me to understand that what I'm feeling is not oppression, but it's opportunity. He tells the people that the waters of the Jordan are going to be cut off, The waters that come down from upstream are going to stand in a heap, he said. The thing that lies before you, the thing that could utterly carry you away is going to be rendered powerless. The thing that you've been staring at wondering why, wondering how, it's about to receive a visit. And we talk about this, like when it's people, when it's people that we're praying for, like God, just... It's a church term, but Lord, just provide a visitation for them so they'll know your love. Here's the thing. God can provide a visitation to a sickness. God can provide a visitation to addiction, to depression. You name it, my God can show up and he can change it in that moment. In that moment. In verse 14. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan. In other words, the wording there when they pulled up the tents and folded them up because they're not going back there. The priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant and those came to the Jordan. The feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water. And I love this part in parentheses. It says, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the time of harvest. Imagine the setting, imagine the people. You got your tent under your arm, you're holding your kid's hand, and you're looking, and it says 1,000 yards. Show this next slide. All right, I mean, that has a scope. A 1,000 yards may be near the end of my iron sight capability, but you know, I mean, some people use a scope. That's all right. So on this here, it is a 1,000 yards. Look at that target, The little white target. So imagine being those people. And you know you're thinking, when those guys go to stand in the river, you're thinking, they're going to get washed away. That's how faith feels. And what's wild about this is when the men took up the ark, there was no signal. It's not like they put down the ark and were like, guys, come on. They're standing there. And in that moment of faith, the people start to go forward focus on holding up the praise. I can imagine it as a priest, they were standing there and the water rushing around their feet, that cold water. The only thing they could probably do because the way they would carry that ark, they probably couldn't see one another on the other side. They're probably just looking at the ark. They're probably just thinking, God, I trust you. I trust you. This water's cold, but I trust you. This water's cold and I'm going to hold this up. They go on to hold that up as the multitude approaches. Nothing has changed for you and I today. You're either being called to hold the praise up or you're being called to walk forward. That's what he's doing. We want the riverbeds to be dry before we go across, but that's not the way that God works. He may call you to step out into the middle of something that scares you to death, We tend to talk ourselves out of stepping into the miraculous because the circumstance and setting doesn't fit how we think it should go down. The Jordan overflows its banks during the time of harvest. So what God is saying is as you go forward, you're going to reap from this. You're going to reap. You may not understand and you may think that it looked extra scary, but the reason it looked extra scary is the season is one of reaping. I love the fact that he chose this time for a reason. He didn't wait till it was reduced to a trickle. He said, Let's take that river and supersize it. In this moment, let's supersize it because my people are in a time of harvest. In verses 16 and 17, it says, The Jordan is stopped, and the people cross over on dry land. The waters which came down from upstream stood still. They rose in a heap very far away. The waters which normally flowed to the sea failed. They were cut off over. Then the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all of Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. So when you pick up praise, keep holding it up. When you pick up praise, stand there knowing in that moment that as you're holding it up, you may be bridging the ground for someone else. The praise remained in the air until every person had gone through. The waters which came down from upstream stood still. We talked last week about Jehovah Shammah, God is there. Here's what I love about this. God went upstream to stop the water. It said he stopped it far away. I don't have to see what he's doing to know he's working. I don't have to see where he stopped it to know that he's working. And what I love about this is my God is so mighty that with this hand, he stopped the water up there, and with this other hand, just to rub it in for the devil, I can see him reaching for bounty, the quicker picker-upper, and he's just like, let me just dab this ground here so my people can walk over on dry ground, devil. So the only things, you know how you heard that roaring devil prior to that? Well, after I use my paper towels here, my people are going to walk across, and the only things you're going to hear are the clickety-clack of their little feet and praise. That's what you're going to hear. So enjoy that, because it's going to be going on. There's there's millions of them. Just listen. That's how God works. That's how he works. I'm going to close. What... I thought the other day when we were praying in that circle was this. Praise paves the way for the miraculous. It paves the way for an atmosphere. And as we were praying and we just stopped and just began to praise, later that night I looked on the prayer page for Audrey and someone had posted. It was a women's conference, and they were singing, Raise a Hallelujah. And the worship leader had stopped, and she was just telling the people that same exact wording. And she said, so when you sing louder, when you lift that praise, understand that the miraculous will follow. See, God's about to take our idea of the miraculous, turn it on its head That same hand that parted the waters can part them now. For everyone sitting in here, I don't know what the Jordan looks like that's running before you. I don't know if you're looking at a Jordan and another and another and another in a row. But what I do know is if he could part them then, he can part them now. If the sound that you hear is roaring and the clock ticking, he can take you over there. The key is... That you've got to keep praise in the middle. In those verses that I read, out of those verses, there were 14 mentions of the ark. There were 14 mentions of the praise. And I'm going to be bold here. And as they play, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to be real and take in the Jordan that you're looking at. Be real. If the doctor has said to you, here's the report. Here's the report. If the finances have said to you, here's the report, or lack thereof. If the anxiety has been kicking, okay. There's the Jordan. I see it. Next, what I'd like you to do is I would like for you to get some Rachel Verde faith and to begin to speak to situations as though what's on the other side of it. Oh, let's take it from the bottom up with anxiety. God, I know you're going to heal my anxiety, and I know that you're going to be with me to comfort me. And God, not only that, but you're going to put people in my path that I've had this look. Like, I know when it comes over me, and it just feels like my rib cage got three sizes too small, and I want to run out of the room, and I'm going to see someone else somewhere that has that same exact look. And in that moment, you're going to give me the boldness to walk up to them and to be able to say, my God is with you too. It's going to be when you see someone, for those of you who have gone through cancer, I have seen when Sister Nip has walked up to people who have probably just left treatment and has said, can I share my testimony with you? God's going to deliver. God is going to do big things. Our part in this is having the boldness to speak life to those things which we do not see life in right now. To speak it and declare it. To do it with audacity. To do it with a boldness. To do it to say, like right now how I said, how dare you put your hand anywhere near one of these young ones in this church, devil. Now you done stirred up a hornet's nest. Now when we pray, you have done unleashed something. And we were up there on that floor. I told you, I'm not only praying for Audrey. I was praying for that little child with the Amish family that was in there. I was praying for that little girl that I talked about last week whose daddy was walking her through the hall. See, you're taking praise and you're taking prayer and you're taking miraculous to a whole new floor, devil. Now we've done taking over the pick you. We're praying healing prayers. That's the Jordan. So, my challenge to you this morning as they play is this call the Jordan out. Call it out. It's just muddy water. What is that in light of the living God? And so they're going to play it out. After they do, I have a short announcement, which I could not for the life of me figure out how to work into anything I was doing. So we'll just take a break. it would be like a reset. And then I'm going to try to give that announcement. But I want to just take a moment. So let's stand. They're going to play. And I want you just to worship. You don't have to do it like a showy thing. You don't have to do it to make the person next to you think you're spiritual. Do it in a way of saying, God, you're bigger than the Jordan. You're bigger than the Jordan. Let's worship together.